This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Welcome to Green Pulse, a podcast series by The Straits Times where we analyze the beats of the changing environment, from biodiversity conservation to climate change. I'm Audrey Tan and I cover science and environment for The Straits Times. This year, the Environment Ministry here got a new name. Previously known as the Ministry of the Environment and Water Resources, it is now known as the Ministry for Sustainability and the Environment. In this episode, I have with me Ms. Grace Fu, Minister for Sustainability and the Environment, on the symbolism of the name change and how her ministry aims to champion this. Well, I think if you look at our history of development, the concept of sustainability actually has been inbuilt in the civil service, even though the name may not be there. So one, I think, great example would be our water story. Because of national security, we look at supply of water very seriously. And therefore, sustainability in terms of usage, production, cleaning and discharging has been really part of the policies. We're looking at desalination as a fourth tap. So how do we develop sustainably with very little sort of natural water sources, but yet recycling the water as best as we could? So when Ministry of Sustainability and Environment was renamed, I think the biggest concept that is we are trying to send out or the message that we are sending out really is that we have to look at things from a resource point of view, not just from an environmental protection. Perhaps it is more related to the ministry in the past. We always look at pollution control, noise control, waste management. Now it's really about how do we use resources, including our environment, including our food, including our water, and even energy. So resource resilience, climate resilience, economic resilience are really the key messages going up there. Look at things differently now. Have that included in our consideration. Whether we buy or invest, we promote, we want to have that message coming through the public service. So is green procurement one such strategy to get all the ministries involved? Yes, in fact, we have some form of it already. So for example, our agencies, if they were to rent an office, it has to be green marked to a certain extent. So beyond all these um, green procurement strategies for government, are there any other things? Like for example, if a ministry wants to submit a proposal, do they have to include an element? That's a very already, if you look at green procurement, it's already a very big area. So anything that government would do from investments, from building, we want them to consider sustainability. So for example, if I want to build a school, a university, any major capital investments, I think public service would want to think about its carbon footprints, its energy efficiency, its water efficiency, its waste recycling facilities, for example. What about the use of disposables at government events? Yes, that will be something that we will consider as well. But as you know, when it comes to disposable, our context is a bit more nuanced because we do incinerate our waste. And so for some, some of the considerations with physical pollution of the environment, for example, doesn't exist in Singapore. So we have to look at the cost benefits a little bit better. Obviously, I think when it comes to plastics and disposables, how we make them and how we treat them after use is an important consideration. Mm. So we'll try to produce them with as little carbon as possible and we'll try to recycle them as best as we can. Incinerating it, extracting it from just from burning it, I think it's a possible way to treat from a pollution control point of view. But we really want to look at a way to harness more value, more carbon out of it. So that's something that we are continuing to work on. 
R&D, also visibility with companies like Shell. So waste is something that I'll come back to later because sure. I mean last okay. year was a big year for waste in Singapore. Mm -hmm. But I mean, this will be your second tour of duty for yes. this ministry. Yes. So since your time at uh, then Muir and then now at MSE, what is your observations on how the environmental scene has changed in Singapore? I think it has changed tremendously. Just within the five years, that awareness and that I would say that momentum towards the sustainable development is very much stronger. I think we also we have seen the momentum given by investors and fund managers, for example. So corporates themselves are beginning to realise importance of sustainable production, sustainable business, plus the fact that now, you know, if you're SGX, you're required to disclose. So all these different factors coming together has really made the awareness and, and the movement on sustainable development a much stronger one. The other difference is that we have the food element in MSE now, and I think when we bring all elements of food from regulations to promotions to quality control to supply resilience together, it's really a beginning-to-end review of the food issue in Singapore. And in a way that reflects how we are looking at things in MSE, it's really a circular economy or a complete loop of the resource. So it's not just about looking at safety or quality control, it's also about promotions. It's about promoting the local industry. It's also about diversifying our sources of mm. procurement. It's also about how we ensure safety, how we ensure that our coffee shops, our F&B establishments are well run, uh, looking after the hygiene, for example. It's a complete look and I think it gives uh, you know new purpose to the public service to really balance all the trade-offs and to move towards a much more greater goal than just to look at hygiene, for example. Now, if you like what you're hearing so far, do subscribe to our series Green Pulse on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or Spotify, and like us and give us a rating. Now back to our conversation with Ms. Grace Fu, Minister for Sustainability and the Environment. So, you know, you mentioned food, something close to the hearts of many Singaporeans, and during the COVID-19 situation, we have seen people panic buying right, because they are <laughs> yes. worried. So actually, that brings me to my next question, which would be, how would you compare the threat of COVID-19 to the longer-term threats like climate change, for instance? I think that there are many similarities because we had a momentary panic. And that sort of alluded to us the possibility of a global shortage. You know, in the past, we always talked about perhaps we need to diversify sources. But what if we have shortages from all sources? And I think that's a real scenario that COVID pandemic has shown us. Because for one moment, you know, sort of successive lockdowns in countries and also disruption in the supply chain meant that the port wasn't working as well. The trucks were, you know, left stranded and we really had multiple sort of shortages and disruptions. Similarly, I think with climate change, with sort of extreme weather, it is conceivable, although I think it's not likely, but it's conceivable that we may have shortage on a global scale if we don't do anything about it now to arrest that climate change. So it is important for us to also think about having our own production capability. Mm. And that's why we went on the 30-30, accelerated it. Because if it's just to look at shortage from one or two particular sources, we could diversify away the risk. But if it's sort of contemporaneous disruption, then we need to think about our own ability to grow and also our own ability to climate control the production. 
So the pandemic has shed light on, you know, national level policies like food production, for instance. Yes. But what does it mean for the people on the ground, like in terms of, for instance, cleanliness? What does it mean? Oh, I, I think that's another area that I'm very seized with because I think that uh, it has really surfaced to the fore about the importance of hygiene. Mm -hmm. And to me, it is really spotlighting the front line, the heroes amongst us. That it's really the people that's keeping the place clean and sanitized. When we have an infection, whether in the office or in the mall, who do we send in? Right? It's really the cleaners and the people that's doing this infection. So I think that industry is probably underrated and we need to look at how to uplift the skills. We need to look at how to remunerate them better. And we really want to see you know, a step up in the level of hygiene practices among Singaporeans. So that's something that I'm quite keen to work on. Mm. That we have kept it high, we have SG Clean Mark, but how do we keep it there? And how do we also establish a new norm for Singaporeans to practice hygiene, also to keep the place clean after themselves? So that's one area. So when the SG Clean initiative was first launched, I think in March this year, my colleagues and I went out across the island to see how people were behaving in the hawker centres. And from then and now, it doesn't seem like much has changed. So while we have the new regulation, the new legislation in place, mm. the amendments to the Environmental Public Health mm. Act, how can we change the mindset of Singaporeans so that you know we are more like the people in Japan or Taiwan, for instance? Yeah. So I think there's a lot of public education that's needed, but we have done quite a few years of that. So we must do something more, mm. and I intend to do something more in the coming years. Oh, any mm. clues about what it might be? <laughs> well, we have to work with NGOs, the community groups, and come up with a con come strategies that is fitting of our context, right? Mm. Because I think when it comes to behaviour, you know, of course, the usual regulations, enforcement is sometimes one of the tools that we have. But more importantly, I think it's important to inculcate a genuine sense of being considerate to others. Mm -hmm. It's not just about keeping clean because no one is watching and no one is enforcing here, but really because I think that it is my duty to keep the place mm -hmm. clean after I use it so that, you know, you don't leave a mark, you don't leave your evidence of your mm. being here behind for the next person. And then that's really what I would like to see being achieved. Not just because we have tons of cleaners or ambassadors here to enforce. I think that's not sustainable mm. and that probably will not last. So we want to look at the way where it's more lasting, it stays with you and it comes from inside that, you know, as a people, Singaporeans value this consideration for others, consideration for the environment, the kind of kindness to one another. And if that is within us as a people, then I think we will become a much better mm. uh, society. Do you think this can be done organically or would it require like a carrot or stick approach? I think we need both. We need encouragement, we need messages, we need leaders that will show the way, role models. We need people that believe in it to want to cause change to step forward mm -hmm. and to offer themselves, yeah, whether it is through social media or whether it's an actual physical behaviour on the ground. I think we need a whole suite of it, not just one. So there could be fines imposed if you don't clean it after yourself? Well, we do have fines right now. Littering, for example, mm -hmm. spitting, for example. So we'll look at the regime again and see what will work and what's missing. That was Ms Grace Fu, Minister for Sustainability and the Environment. For more on climate change and the environment, do check out the stories in The Straits Times. That's a wrap for Green Pulse and we hope you enjoyed our discussion. Don't forget that you can subscribe to our podcast and get notifications on the latest episodes when you search for Green Pulse on the following apps. Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts.
That was an SBH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.